Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. One criticism Oneness Pentecostals frequently hear is that we preach salvation by works. This often comes up when we talk about water baptism because Oneness Pentecostals insist that water baptism is part of the full salvation. Then the critics often will point to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And they'll say, well, Paul said, for by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. How should one as Pentecostals respond to this accusation? We absolutely deny the accusation of work salvation. We believe that we're saved by grace through faith. But we believe that you actually receive something. It's the new birth experience. It's the Acts 2.38 message of repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial sign of speaking in tongues. But that is not our works. That is God's work in us that we receive by grace through faith. So let me give you a little explanation from Ephesians. Grace is me it simply means salvation is a gift grace is god's gift to us i would also add that grace is god's work in us it's not passive it's active titus 2 11 says the grace of god that brings salvation has appeared to all men and teaches us that denying ungodly lust we should live soberly righteously uh, and holy in this present world so grace is our teacher grace works in us the way we receive this gift is through faith. No, we cannot earn our salvation. We could not pay for it. We do not deserve it because of our lineage, our family, our race. There, there are no qualifications by which we could earn or deserve salvation. So we firmly establish we're saved by grace through faith. But faith is our positive response to God. Faith is how we accept God's grace. Even though Jesus died for the whole world, the whole world is not automatically saved because people must make a choice to receive God's grace. Now, I would hasten to add, God always initiates the process. Uh, we never just decide we're going to be saved. We're always responding to God's grace. God's grace draws us. God's grace enables us to believe Him and repent. Without God's grace, we couldn't even do that. But as I said... The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to everyone. So because of Christ's sacrifice, God reaches out to every human being. And I do believe at some point or another in everyone's life, there's a witness that if they will respond to that witness, then God would lead them into further truth so that they could be saved. Cornelius is a good example. He did not have the fullness of truth, but he responded to what he knew. He prayed and God made a way for him to be saved. So God speaks to everyone through through creation, Romans 1, through conscience, Romans 2, that's grace. But we must respond. Now, here's the important point. Faith always includes obedience. They're two sides of the same coin. You can't say, I believe, but I'm not going to obey what I believe. That doesn't even make sense. 
And in fact, the Bible teaches that faith includes obedience. Romans chapter 1, the same Apostle Paul, the, the same inspired Word of God. Romans 1, 16 through 17 says, The gospel brings salvation by faith, and the just shall live by faith. So that's another statement much like Ephesians 2. But in that same chapter, Romans 1, 5, it's, Paul says that he was called as an apostle to bring people to the obedience of faith. And then in Romans 6, 17, same book, same writer, same inspiration of the Spirit, Romans 6, 17 says that you were, past tense, servants of sin. So we were sinners, but we've been delivered. So that would be another uh, explanation of salvation. We're being delivered by the doctrine um, because we're delivered because we obeyed from the heart the doctrine that was delivered to us. So Romans 1 says the gospel of Jesus Christ brings salvation to everyone who believes. That's faith. Romans 6 says we have salvation because we've obeyed from the heart. That's obedience, the obedience of faith. Likewise, in 2 Thessalonians 1.8, Paul states that when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to judge all those who know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to believe is to obey. In our maybe Western culture, we might say, well, you can think something and agree to that, and that's believing, even though you don't act on it. But in the Bible, there's no such distinction. If you really believe something, you will act. If you don't act, that means you didn't really believe. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian who was executed by the Nazis, he made this profound statement in his book, The Cost of Discipleship. Only he who believes is obedient. So only if you really believe will you proceed to obey. But then the second part is, is even more profound. Only he who believes is obedient, but only he who is obedient believes. So the test of your faith is not what you say. The test of the faith is how you respond. If, if we're talking right here and you say, well, Brother Bernard, I believe you, but I don't believe your words. Well, that's obviously contradictory. If you, if you believe me, that means you believe my words. Well, if my words call for action, so if I say, the building is on fire, run right now, flee. If you really believe me, you won't just sit there and smile and say, that's nice. Thanks for the info. You will actually run. And if you didn't run, I can safely conclude you didn't really believe me. Sure. Because in that context, believing doesn't mean verbal agreement mm -hmm. or verbal profession. Agreement means action. So when the Bible says, repent or you'll all perish, that's what Jesus said in Luke 13, 3. The proper response is say, well, I believe on Jesus, but I'm not going to do what he said. That's not faith. Here's another example. Let's say I tell you, I will give you $100,000 if you show up tomorrow morning at Commerce Bank um, here in St. Louis, wherever it is. Um, and if you do that, I'll give you $100,000. Well, in that illustration, that's grace. It's a gift. And if you show up and receive it, that's faith. You believe me? You didn't earn it. You didn't do $100,000 worth of work, even if it took you 30 minutes to get there. That wasn't $100,000 worth of work. But if So if you show up, I can safely say you believe me. And so you receive it. 
you receive it by grace through faith. But notice that faith caused you to obey to meet the condition of the promise. Now, if you show up and I say, I changed my mind, um, I'm not going to give it, I lied to you, you can't sue me because it wasn't a right. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. By law, it's not. you're not entitled to it. It's purely grace. If you don't show up and I'm waiting there half an hour, then I can safely assume you didn't really believe me because I'm assuming, am I correct, that, that you would absolutely want $100,000. Oh, so so we're, sure. not, we're not considering that you might not even desire it. No, you would be there, right? Absolutely. If you really believed it and you would go early, you wouldn't wait till the last minute. You wouldn't just look on your map and say, well, it takes me 15 minutes. No, you would You would probably go 45 minutes. or I'd probably sleep overnight. You'd probably sleep line. overnight, right. <laughs> so, but notice in that analogy, that was not works. That was simply you showing up to receive the promise. You're simply meeting the condition. So the Bible says, by grace are we saved through faith. So we must trust God. Well, well, what do we trust God? And, and also, in my analogy, you actually get a hundred thousand dollars check. You know, something actually happens. Uh, you have money in your bank. So when the the Bible commands, it's not an option. Repent. In fact, Mark one sixteen, Jesus began preaching, "Repent and believe the gospel." So if you're going to believe the gospel, the first thing you'll do is repent. When you repent. You're confessing your sins to God. You're surrendering your life to God. But it's God who actually forgives you and God who changes your heart. So who's doing the work? God. You're just showing up. You're just praying the prayer of faith. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the water doesn't wash away your sins. The preacher doesn't wash away your sins. Your good works don't wash away your sins. I mean, if that were the case, you could just take a bath or go jump in the lake and swim and say, I did it. But no, when you're baptized, you're simply saying, the Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. Uh, Ananias told Paul, arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And that's Acts 22.16. So basically, we when we read that, we hear that preached, we believe it. So what do we do? We really believe it. So we show up. We say, preacher, baptize me. We're not doing the works. We're meeting the conditions. We're responding in faith. We're doing what the word says. Who actually does the work? Jesus. He washes away sins by his blood. That's why we always call the name of Jesus when we're baptized because it's not us. It's not the preacher. It's Jesus. If Jesus really isn't the Savior, well, we're going to be lost. You know, if Buddha is the Savior, we're sunk because we're calling on Jesus. Now, I'm being facetious there, but my point is, it's God who's doing the work. And likewise, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we're not doing any good works. Um, speaking in tongues is God working in us. It's not our doing, it's God's doing. In fact, Acts 2.38 again says, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the gift, it's grace. And by the way, I can tie all this back. Uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost preached with the support of the 12 apostles, Acts 2.38, but they were only teaching what Jesus had already said. So I, I quoted Mark 1.15, repent and believe the gospel. So Jesus associated, if you believe the gospel, first thing you'll do is repent. Mark 16.16, 16, again, the words of Jesus, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So Jesus said, if you believe, the next logical step in expressing your faith is you'll be baptized. And then John 7.16, 
37 through 39, Jesus cried out, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then John adds, But this spake he of the Spirit, uh, which they that believed on him should receive, because the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So John explains, when you truly believe, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus himself linked belief with repentance, Water baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit. Another example is in Acts chapter 11, when the apostle Peter was reporting back to the elders of the apostles in Jerusalem, why did you go preach for the Gentile household of Cornelius? And why did you have fellowship? He said, well, God sent me. He recounts the story in Acts 11. And then he recounts how God poured out the Holy Spirit upon them. And then he said, I baptized them. How could I forbid water when God is the one who who filled him with the Spirit. And so, but in Acts chapter 11, verse 15 through 17, the Apostle Peter explains When I saw them receive the Holy Spirit, I remembered how Jesus promised this. And I remembered how we received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He said, God gave them the same gift as he did to us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Peter linked believing on the Lord Jesus Christ directly with the Pentecostal experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. So my summary is, we believe that we're saved by grace through faith. But the Acts 2.30 experience, what we call the new birth, or Christian initiation is another way to say it. Christian conversion, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the Holy Ghost, that's the actual event that happens to you. So it is the application of God's grace. It's the expression of our faith. We respond to the word in obedience. God does the work. He's the one who saves us. And you'll see all throughout scripture, faith involves obedience to the word. If you want a detailed description, my book, The New Birth, uh, covers this in great detail. Grace, faith, obedience, repentance, water baptism, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Apostolic Life in the 21st Century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.